welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 123 for Saturday the 20th of October 2018. Now you'll know that I'm not writing at the moment and I've got a general bookbub update for you, mainly because I couldn't be bothered to do the full accounting, so I know roughly what's coming in, but I haven't broken it down on a day-by-day or comparison basis. So just let me give you an overview of the last bookbub that I had a week or so ago. Uh, and just kind of bring you up to date. So I can tell you that we've had a thousand pounds in from Amazon alone this month. Um, and combined with the Don't Tell Meg bookbub that I had r- recently, I, I can also tell you that you know that I had some specific financial goals when all of those have been reached and we're now exceeding those. So, um, you know, the course fee was paid off. I've got the money in the pot for an edit now. Um, 20 books is all paid, um, you know, the hotel, the full fee, all of that money's put aside. And so um, financially, with those kind of two book bubs, that's kind of paid everything off that needed to be sorted out. Um, and it's got enough money in the pot now to last me until the end of March. Um, so obviously, it's been very good. And the money's coming in from uh, Google Play. It's coming in from Publish Drive, from Kobo, from Draft Digital. I got my first um, 2000, whatever it was, payment this month from Draft the Digital. Uh, that came into the bank. Uh, I'm one outstanding from, uh, Kobo at the moment. Um, so I had a payment from Kobo in this week. Um, and then, uh, I've got one that they'd already paid me that didn't make it to my bank account. I think I must have had the wrong banking details set out. So we do have one pending. Um, so to be honest with you, it's all getting, it is getting, because I'm wide, it's getting quite confusing. And when I was able to just say to you, oh, I've had so much in from Amazon this month, uh, it, it was easy. But at the moment, uh, it's very difficult to work out. So with Publish Drive, for instance, I I realised that I was working out what they'd paid me incorrectly because they do a um, they do a kind of a, a window. And so with Publish Drive, for instance, and, and also with Draft the Digital, I'm kind of just waiting. They they have to go through this phase of, of finalising the sales. So what you see in your dashboard might not be what you get. So really, I'm kind of judging it by what comes in, in in pounds now. That seems to be the easiest way to do it rather than speculating. I mean, clearly, you've got a rough idea what's coming in. But until it's actually paid in pounds, so we've got the conversion as well, it's difficult to know what it's going to be. Now, I have um, my big payment from Amazon coming. Uh, when is it? What's, what's the date now? Well, coming very soon, isn't it? Um, and, and those will be the two big payments that I got from the Don't Tell Meg promo. They've worked their way through the system now since that promo. And then obviously the the money that I'm earning now from the grid promo, uh, that's going to kind of appear in my bank account in two months' time. So um, just to kind of summarise then, you know, it has been good. Um, the BookBub fee was covered, was more than covered, has been way more than covered on an Amazon alone. This is without me taking into account any of the other channels. I mean, my earnings on... Draft the digital are up clearly, um, you know, because uh, I got to number one in iBooks. Now, I had a message earlier in the week from somebody in the States who said, Oh, your uh, book was available in iBooks. It was advertised in iBooks in the book well, promo. Um, so I did know it was live in the US because that's what had 
that's what had confused me because I'd been looking at, at iBooks and thought it's live, but it wasn't live in all territories. So the explanation as to what I was seeing last week, which was that I, I got to number one in sci-fi in iBooks and I made a lot of um, sales, I say sales because it was free. I got a lot of giveaways in iBooks. I think I can't remember what it was. It was a thousand and a half, something like that last week that I gave you. Um, and I was not sure where those had come from. But what it looks like is that it, it went out in America. The email didn't say that. You see, the email said it wasn't good to go out in 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 uh, iBooks. That's that's hence the confusion there. So it does look like it went out in America because we've got a witness who listened to the podcast who saw it. Um, but it, cards have gone in the other territories. So the iBooks earnings will not be um, zero or minimal. They'll just be they'll be down on what they could have been. So I, I've missed several territories. And so there is a, a difference in the earnings, definite difference in the earnings from the Don't Tell Meg trilogy on iBooks and the Grid trilogy on iBooks. But it was still enough with just that to get to number one in the iBooks science fiction chart. And the book still, uh, I haven't looked at iBooks actually recently. But this is another thing, isn't it? It's terrible, isn't it? That when you're just in when you're just in Amazon, I, you could look at the charts every day. But when you're trying to chase Nook charts and you're trying to chase iBooks charts, and you know, you just honestly, I know that it sounds terrible, isn't it? But you kind of lose interest. There's too many portals to look at. But I'm I'm pleased with those results. But um, if you're new to this and, and you're sort of thinking, well, I, I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind that in half a month. Um, let me just put this into some context. Um, I see. Uh, BookBub is great. Obviously, it's great because um, you get new readers. You find and discover new readers. Um, it's very, very good. Who was I talking to earlier this week? I can't remember. I was talking to another author earlier this week who was saying that there's it, there's like no pulse on Draft the Digital. There's no pulse on the other channels. And I was saying, well, when I started and I hadn't got a clue how to market, um, and remember, I've only just returned to Draft the Digital recently in Google Play. I had I was doing nothing on those channels at all. I was doing absolutely nothing on them because I hadn't got a clue how to market them. I had no means of sending traffic to to Kobo and to iBooks and to Google Play. I had no way of of dealing uh, with those channels um, at that point in my author career. Now, what's really helped, and, and whether I go back to KDP Select or whether I continue to go wide, what I'm really pleased is is that these um, bookbubs have got lots and lots of traffic over all those other channels. So there's some life there. And there was no life there for about three and a half years. There's only been life there recently since I've had these wide, these last two wide book bubs. It was, it was pretty dead otherwise. There wasn't an awful lot going on. And I'd made, I mean, I'd made a handful of sales. And by a handful of sales, I mean tiny, tiny, tiny sales. I got rid of lots of free books on those channels, but I had made nothing at all. And this is why it's been quite surprising to me to see actually how much money you can make through Draft the Digital. To have that 2,000 whatever it was pounds payment this month from Draft the Digital this is a, rev a revelation to me um, that that can be done because until this point I didn't think you could do it um, because I'd had um, not bad experiences. I'd just done nothing. I'd done nothing on those other channels. So it, it's been good and, I'm, and, and financially obviously I'm quite happy but what I, I just wanted to emphasize was, was that this, this book bub is great for finding new readers, it's great for getting life on those other channels, you know clearly it's good and it brings in a good run of income but that's only good for cash flow. What, what we need as authors is regular monthly income and although I am slowly beginning to get a sense of that that concept of a loyal reader. So um, I was telling you a week or two ago, I was saying to you how I'd sent an email out uh, and asked a question in those emails about whether I should use American English or UK English. 
and I got loads of responses. And, and what I am sensing in these emails that I'm getting back from people is when people are writing back to me, they're giving me their thoughts and they're saying things like, you know, just get the next book out or, you know, I really enjoy your work. And I'm getting comments like that in my email list now, uh, a lot, a lot more of them and a lot steadier. So I am getting that um, at last, that sense of you have readers who have read all your books and they're looking forward to the next one. It, it's slow, but it's the first time I've I've had that sense. I, I I've always felt like I'm 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 shift I am shifting books, but that you don't you're not talking to re- not seeing readers come back and really uh you know committed re- relate to it. But that's where the, your author career is. Your author career is in those people who who buy every book you write because they love what you do and that's really what I'm trying to transition to um you know we we know like a performing seal that that we could generate some income from a book band and that's extremely nice thank you very much because as i say that's paid all the bills and more um up to the end of the tax year everything's everything's covered that that i need uh, business wise until the end of the tax year so that that's a great position to be in and in my projections i've budgeted zero income in what month are we now so i've bu- i've budgeted zero income in november december uh january february march so even even projecting zero income is not going to be zero income it's going to be way off zero income um you know everything's covered to the end of march so that book bub um, from an author business point of view has been tremendously valuable because you know that I separate my home life, what goes to pay the bills, uh, and, and, you know, food, put food on the table. I completely separate that from what I do as an author and my author career has to be bootstrapped. The, the other thing that I realized actually the other day is that I haven't taken any corporate training. I've, I'm kind of quietly trying to wind that down. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. Um, and the reason I can do that is because I've had these book bubs. These book bubs are replacing that income that I was generating through corporate training. And I don't actually, I don't inverted because I don't need the corporate training anymore. Uh, I've kind of made this choice that I, I, I don't want to do as much of it as I was doing. I want to do a minimal amount of it, but I don't need it for cash flow reasons at, at the moment. So there has been again a, a, a change there in my author career, um, that I'm having to do sort of less work. And in many respects, this money's coming in say automatically but you know what I mean it comes in overnight it comes in while I'm sitting here I'll have probably made some money on a book sale and that's the kind of automated income we want but I my struggle still is and of course I'm very happy with those book bubs that that's just brilliant for the business but the book what the book bubs don't do clearly they build it but what they don't solve the problem is 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 recurring monthly income that's that's what I've got to work on I need to have a fairly low amount of recurring income you know two to three pounds thousand pounds a month when I could guarantee that amount coming in per month uh, not in fits and starts as it does now when I can guarantee that amount of money or more coming in per month then you're at the point when you can say right I can do this full-time now now you may have a different figure my my figure um, is 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 two to three thousand pounds in my pocket every month from books um, I was talking to an author I was interviewing an author who you'll hear in subsequent weeks who needs a lot less than that um, needs about a thousand pounds a month and so can actually look at um, stopping and becoming a full-time author now so we all have different numbers there'll be some people who need more than that um, but mine is is two to three thousand I'd probably say three thousand to be honest with you uh, a month so what's that a year Tw- uh, thirty six thousand a year from books um you know so we're getting there uh, but we're not there we're not there yet <laughs> so 
So, uh, yeah, I'm looking at about 36 now from uh, books, really, to, to make this work and to be able to sort of walk away and say, right, that's fine. You know, the books will do the job now. So um, I hope that's useful to you. I'm sorry I haven't got a breakdown of numbers, but I've just been doing many other things, and it's quite a faff sorting out the numbers because you've, you've got to mess around with, uh, you know, graphs and then convert dollars to pounds and, and all that sort of thing. So uh, I just felt that I'd give you an overview this week. Um, I've had three book bumps in quick succession, but just to let you know that just because you've had one, um, it doesn't mean you're going to get another. I told you last week that I'd submitted The Secret Bunker and that got knocked back this week. So no, I've not had a book bump on The Secret Bunker yet, but I will try in four weeks time. Now I can't re-advertise the Grid Trilogy and I can't re-advertise Secret Bunker Trilogy until into the new year now. So I'm just going to be every four weeks, regular as clockwork, submitting The Secret Bunker because that's the next one I want to get a, a book bub on. And then if I can have, what I'd really like to do is is get um, all the trilogies through, maybe get two to three book bubs on just for cash flow purposes and review and traction purposes on the various channels. And then clearly I'm going to then have to hop to the next stone. And the next stone is cracking this problem of, recurring monthly income um but yeah that that's kind of my aim is i'd like to get all the trilogies through a book bub hopefully get one two or three book bubs on each of the trilogies and then probably book bub will find me much less attractive at that point i think there must be a law of diminishing returns for everybody i'm thinking two to three is probably quite reasonable and then really we have to move on to something else and although i would keep submitting for book bubs i don't think i could have a reasonable expectation of getting those uh, regularly but i may be wrong we'll find out when we get there so with that in mind, this this idea of generating a regular monthly income, um, this is the work that I've been doing at the moment. So I'm not slacking while I'm not writing. I'm very specifically tackling this issue and putting things in place and, and educating myself. So I, I finished the Amazon ad section of Mark Dawson's training last week. So I've done Dave Cheston's training uh, because I use uh, KDP uh, Rocket for the keywords. I, I own and use that. And I went through Mark Dawson's training last week, and I've um, I did an interview with John Evans, who's given me some nice tips and information about Amazon ads in the UK, which he's found are working very well for him. And uh, I, this is what I've been working on this week. I've been uh, building up uh, keyword lists. I've been using KDP Rocket for that. I've been using the G Google Keyword Planner. Mark Dawson has some nice ideas in his training um, for building up keyword lists. I've been adding those to my Amazon ads in the UK. Um, a bit, bit less um, on top of the USA ads because I've, I've kind of have quicker immediate response from the UK ads. So I'm going to put my focus in the UK ads at the moment. They're a lot simpler and a lot less time consuming and a lot easier to see what your results are. So that's where I'm putting my focus at the moment. And if I start to get some uh, decent results there, I'll, I'll focus a little bit more on the US ads. Um, something I have done this week, I was interviewing uh, an author, Sean Stevens, who writes as SP Stevens. And um, Sean, like me, uh, comes from a kind of geeky background, happy with making websites and has done for clients Google ads. And we were just having a chat about Google ads. And I've had on and off experiences with this. I have I have made, um, when I first did a retargeting project, um, I made about £2,000 of sales off, I think it was about 19 to £20 worth of retargeting ads. So I, I've had some successes with Google ads in the past. But I haven't really touched them as an author because I've always thought mm, there's no margin in that. I won't be able to make that work. But I was just chatting to Sean again when we, we were doing the interview. And, and I thought, you know, sure, 
just a conversation we were having. I said, you know, I ought to give this another try because the, you'll hear the interview in a couple of weeks' time. I think it's running November the 12th. But uh, basically, we were just talking about the fact that nobody, no authors are on Google Ads at all. They're all on Amazon ads. They're all over Facebook ads. And, and therefore, it's fairly crowded. But you don't see authors on, on Google at all. Now, I, I absolutely love uh, Google display ads and Google retargeting. I absolutely love them. Always have done since I saw them. And I have had, I have run training courses um, through those. I have advertised training courses through those. But to be honest, I've never really sort of stuck at it. And while I've got a little bit of, you know, money in the bank to play with for ads, uh, I thought, oh, I'm going to have another go at this. So I've spent the last day or two uh, researching great long keyword lists, which I've also used for uh, Amazon ads as well. And um, the the Google Ads interface has changed fairly recently. They're making it look like a Facebook ads interface, which is quite interesting uh, because uh, we're all kind of familiar with that layout. It's still very complicated. I mean, I kind of know the basics of it, but uh, you know, I have to say I was, I'd set up three ads. So I've, I've got three ads running at the moment. I'm, I'm trying th- th- three different strategies. So number one, I'm sending people in the UK and the US to my PayHip page. This is the one that I've, I'm promoting in my giveaways as well. And that, uh, gives you seven, uh, books, seven books there, uh, in a, in a package which is delivered through Book Funnel. So that's one of the ads that runs in the UK and the USA. I've then got an ad to Don't Tell Meg three, three pack, um, on in the UK and in the USA to suit two separate ads. And I'm just experimenting with that to see if we can, I can make some money back, see if I can make that work. And I'm targeting um, women, I think it's something like 25 to 54 um, in, in those categories. But the, again, the targeting has really improved on Google as well. There's all sorts of targets you can go for. But I, I made a bit of a mess up with it in that I think I, I kind of got the targeting wrong in that I kind of, I targeted, I put all the targeting parameters on on one ad rather than creating different audiences with different targeting parameters. I'm just, I'm just kind of re get learning my way around it, to be honest with you. Um, it's all right knowing the principles, but the interface is not, is not brilliant. It's quite, quite sort of tough to use. So I am just getting my, my head around that because, um, more recently I've really just done retargeting. Uh, but I, I, I'm going to do a video on that in, the Patreon account. So if you're a Patreon supporter, I'm just waiting to get a couple of numbers on there at the moment just to get some traffic over it. So we haven't got an awful lot on there at the moment. I've just, it's really just started to deliver after I worked out what my mess up was. Um, and uh, it hasn't run for a day. It hasn't even run in the USA yet. So uh, I'll just get a little bit of traffic over it so you can get some initial impressions. And then I, I'll do a video on it in Patreon. That's at patreon.com forward slash Paul Teague. And in Patreon, what I have done already is I've given you a direct link so that you can have a look at the adverts that I've created uh, on there. So you can see what it looks like, but it's, it's, it's pretty good. You know, I, I really love the ads. I've always loved the ads that you could do on Google, but I, I feel after chatting to Sean, quite enthused about this and um, pretty keen to give this a try uh, and just to see if we can um, make some money out of it because no other authors are doing this and to me the it's a ripe opportunity to sort of go in there try and figure it out and then um you know google's like a a, a playing part where no one's on the swings at the moment so that makes a lot of sense to me so um again i'll be reporting in detail on that in the patreon group talking of google by the way um i can't remember if i told you this last week but i've i got paid by google play 
And I got some more money waiting to be paid by Google Play, but they've blocked it because I need to do a tax interview. I messed up the tax interview. And, um, and I, and I thought, oh, you know, oh, somebody take me out and shoot me. These tax interviews, if you're in the UK and you've got to do a, a US tax interview, but to be fair, they're usually fairly straightforward. But this one on Google Play, I, it's, it like uses terminology that I've never heard of before. So last time I just took a guess and, and they've knocked me back. So I'll probably take another guess, but I applied myself to it last Sunday to try and figure it out. And I put a post in 20 books and said, you know, anybody know how to do this? There were no replies, even in 20 books. Uh, nobody came forward to offer a solution. So I'm completely stuck on Google Play. So what I did is I thought, do you know what? I, I spent about maybe a couple of hours in it on Sunday. And and, and I, I always attribute uh, an hourly rate to my time. And I thought, do you know what? I've For the money that's in Google Play, I have now exceeded my hourly rate. So this is now diminishing returns now clearly i want to get that money and you can get your you can get your google money anytime so if, if i don't get it this month i'll get it next month or in three months time it doesn't disappear it just sits in there and then when everything's right they pay you so it's not going to disappear but i thought this is diminishing returns now so what i thought my time was better doing um, was i thought okay i'm delisting these on google play it's going to take me 10 minutes to get these listed on publish drive because remember i only listed it on google play because it takes so long for them to get published on publish drive uh, um, you know to work their way through so um i'd listed them on google play for speed uh, so that uh, so that they were ready for the for the promo uh, and and they did their job in that respect but now the um I mean, the promo traffic actually always continues for quite a long time after. But I just thought, do you know what? Enough of this. I'm just going to list these on Publish Drive, and then uh, and then I, then I'll be earning, and I can take the money in Publish Drive, which has a much simpler US tax interview. So I, I got to tell you, you know, everything in Google Play says don't use it. Every, I kind of just use Publish Drive. Just skip it. Don't don't think you're missing out anything on Google Play because you're you're really not. It's it's just a pain, and it, it really needs um it really needs sorting out big time that interface. Um, but again, one of the big surprises to me is I am selling on Google Play. I'm selling everything on Google Play. Um, so there is money to be made there. But I would, my advice to you, you've heard the pain that I've been suffering in the last couple of weeks. Um, my advice to you would just go straight, go straight to Publish Drive. And the advantage of being in Publish Drive is you get your money. It's nice and easy. They've got a lovely interface. So you can see how many books you're shifting. Uh, you can see what territory you're shifting them in um, and what's the most popular product. And also, of course, when you list on Publish Drive, you can reach lots of channels that nobody else reaches. And one of those is in China. I can't remember the name of it now. Um, and it does take a little bit longer to go through the Chinese channels. But um, I just do use Publish Drive. It's great. Very happy with Publish Drive. And that will solve your problem. Um, I, I would recommend to you don't even bother with Google Play. It's just so... They make everything hard on Google Play. But clearly somebody is buying books in Google Play because I'm, you know, it's, it's all right. It's bringing in some income. Um, and I'm not sniffing at the income. So it, it's it's worth doing. Remember, I also said to you when I did the promo that in spite of having three or four weeks notice, Amazon had singularly failed to get my book, The Grid One Fall of Justice, Justice listed for free in Australia. Well, I only get an email from them this week. It's only one week too late, guys, saying, hey, your book's now free in Australia. Well, well thanks, but we kind of missed that. So that's another reason. It's another reason why I'm not sort of getting too excited about the income from this book bump. So although the income's up, it's really hard to compare it. I can't compare one with the other 
because I wasn't listed in several channels. So I would expect the income to be down. So overall income's up, which is great. So I'm very happy with that. But it, I can't compare like with like because I wasn't listed at all the channels. And that's frustrating. But anyhow, Amazon have finally got around to, to doing that. I had another query with Amazon this week. So I don't know whether you've done this thing where you've moved your, your Create Space paperbacks over to um, KDP, the KDP dashboard. And I do much prefer them in, in one dashboard, but it's not always, the transfer is not always without some hassles. Now, because I've been, um, uh, Helen Fazal, my editor, was kindly um, did a read through of the grids one to three. Um, so uh, you just wanted to come back to them and give a, a, a effectively what's a quick proofread um, just before they did the book bub, which was great. But that meant I had changes to make, and that meant I had to update the the interiors. And when I updated the interiors, I've then gone on to have uh, cover size problems, which is just a blooming nightmare. Now this is this is another one. I've got I've got loads of outstanding issues at the moment. Not loads, but I've got many outstanding issues at the moment, and and, and I've just I've just parked them. Because they're painful, and they don't—they're not issues that that will yield a lot of money. So, for instance, I don't sell an awful lot of paperbacks. The the paperbacks that I sell most of have been my non-fiction paperbacks. I make paperbacks available because I know I can see that I sell some, um, but they're really as a service to to customers. Uh, that's really why I make them available on paperback. And um, it, it, so, I, I don't make a lot of money on them. And so it's not really worth an awful lot of my time trying to resolve these problems. So there are other things to look at that, that are more directly related to making money than messing around with paperback covers. Um, but the, the other thing that I had with Amazon is they I, I put all the, the grids up with the new interiors in. And they knocked two back and said they weren't right. And they accepted one. Yet I did everything exactly the same in all books. So I, I wrote to Amazon again and said, I'm a bit confused about what you're telling me here, because you're saying to do this, but you've accepted the, inter- I've just gone through the interior of the one you accepted, and everything's exactly the same. So I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing, because you've been inconsistent. So again, wait a week, I got the reply this morning, and the reply basically is, oh, we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have accepted book three, um, that, that was a wrong acceptance, and so we need this doing in all the books. All right, so now, now I know what I need to do because they've told me specifically what I need to do. And they've said, we'll either change your metadata for you, which you're not, that's locked in when you move a a paperback, but they said, we'll make an exception and we'll either change your metadata for you, or this is what you need to do in the books. Well, that's all I needed to know in the first place. I just need some consistency here. Um, But you know, I'm I'm really had some struggles with Amazon recently, haven't I? I've got another outstanding issue. So we've done, we've, the book is now free on Amazon in all the territories. Fantastic. Um, we've we've got to the heart of that issue, which was with paperbacks, and now there's one outstanding issue. Actually, I'll have a quick chat while I'm talking to you. But um, I have I'm trying to remember which book it is. I think it's the Murder Place. I'm pretty sure it's the Murder Place, which is book two in the Grid trilogy, and the paperback, um, for some bizarre reason, won't accept the new cover. It's well, it's okay in the States. Let me oh sorry, it's okay in Australia. I'm mean, sort of Australia. Let me just have a look at where we are in the other countries. But it, I, I changed the cover ages ago because I got the Stuart Beige covers. And bizarrely, the paperback 
still had the old cover preview on it. And and I, I, I refreshed it. I did all the things that you could normally be expected to do. And it wouldn't change the cover. And let me just have a... Well, we're okay in the UK now. That's good. So that's a good start. So I think they may have fixed this and they haven't got back to me, which would be great if they have. But this one took... It took forever. And I, I had to go... Um, I had to go kind of higher up. No, it's no, hang on. It's still there. Look in the States. Amazon.com, the murder place, still has an old cover in it. Um, that's the wrong cover. Um, it, it's wrong. <laughs> so it's really frustrating. But that hasn't been done yet. Um, and I haven't had a response from it. But I'm sorry. I, that's, sorry, I have. I've had, I think I've had one or two responses say our technical team is still working on this. But how, how can that happen? How can you change a cover on a site like Amazon and it and it won't refresh the cover. So that's bizarre. I'm pleased it's in, in .com, not .co.uk, but it, that's bizarre, isn't it? What a bizarre thing to happen. It's taken ages to resolve it. So I just feel like, I mean, this is one of the penalties, I guess, of being wide. I just feel like I got all these um, really niggly issues. You know, we've got the Kobo payment issue because I haven't been paid there. We've got the Google tax issue. All these little niggly issues, which take a lot of time and don't really bring in income. I'd rather be concentrating on ads and, and making these Google ads work and making my Amazon ads work. That's productive time for me because that has a direct correlation to marketing and bringing money in. Whereas these niggly um, ad mini jobs are just a pain in the butt and they take too long to resolve. But in terms of your time and what your time is worth, you know, generally and often they're not worth the time. Um, so, um, yeah, that, uh, that, you know, these are the disadvantages of being white. Now, I also know that once I've worked through these teething problems, because that's what they are, they're teething problems, those problems will be gone for good and we can just get on with our life. So I also know that, uh, to, to give it some context, but I won't claim that they don't annoy me. They do. They're very annoying. And I don't look forward to doing those jobs. I'm much more interested in doing creative, uh, proactive and productive jobs. I don't like doing those niggly admini jobs. That doesn't sort of suit my my character type. Um, something that I just did this week, um, you'll be aware, or you should be aware, I hope, if you've got a WordPress site, that uh, new change is coming. And we've got a date for it now. I think it's November the 19th. Let me just check my schedule. Yeah, 19th of November. Uh, WordPress is changing and the Gutenberg update is going to be forced upon us. And I, I've been aware of this for some time. So... Um, the other thing that's changed is if you use MailChimp, you will know that the MailChimp interface has changed. They've given it a makeover. So um, with those changes in mind, I've now delisted my two books. And this is a shame because my MailChimp book was was selling a lot of copies. But I just thought I was using it this week in the day job and thought, you know, what? this has changed so much. There's no point me having that book out there now. It, it's it's deceptive to have that book out because it's so dated. So I have now, um, I, I don't want to redo those books. They're, they're in Word. They're a pain in the butt to get the images done. Um, you know, so it's time for them to drop off the edge. So I have now delisted all my nonfiction titles. I don't have any nonfiction out there at all now. Um, so the author name, P. Teague, it will probably have, you know, it's bizarre when sometimes you see one of these bookshops selling your paperback for 200 quid or something like that. Well, I, I guess there'll be the last straggly bits from my author name, P. Teague, but I, I am not selling anything through that channel uh, anymore. All, I've, I'm no longer in nonfiction. Now, just to tell you about lessons learned in nonfiction, 
when I did The Secret Bunker, I'm trying to remember when I did the non-fiction books. I think I might have done them very quickly in between The Secret Bunker and the Grid trilogy, but I did them essentially because it made a lot of sense for me. Um, I'd done lots of slides and I was teaching this stuff. I was doing lots of corporate training at that time. And it made sense to me to have books I could then refer people to. So it made sense in that context. But also, when I had The Secret Bunker, I'd learned that it's when you're a, a fiction author, you're you're an unknown author at the bottom of a very deep genre pile and no one can find you. And I, I knew enough about internet marketing and keywords. No, I'm no expert at it by any means, but I knew enough about it to think, well, hang on, if I do nonfiction books, it could be a lot easier to bang these out and get these sorted. So I, I did it at great speed. I got some covers done at great speed and launched them. And I did paperback versions. And you know, um, I, those are the first books that I learned how to get to number one in the free charts when I was promoting them. I've always had good, really good reviews on my nonfiction. Um, but they date, of course. The, the problem with doing internet marketing stuff, and this is why I got out of internet marketing, I know that, um, is that stuff dates. Facebook changed things every five minutes. You do a Facebook book, everything's moved in, in five minutes time. And again, my Facebook book sold really well. It was one of my best sellers um, for a while. So, um, you know, when I was learning how to do this. So um, those books have served me well. They they gave me kind of credibility um, when I was still figuring out how to do the basics with fiction. So I got I got those screenshots where I could show my books at number one in charts. And it got me lots of good reviews, things like that. And it, it helped to support my uh, corporate work that I was doing because I was able to uh, direct people to my books. I know a lot of people who did the corporate stuff went on to buy the books. Um, and, and so they, you know, they have served their time. They've been extremely useful to me. They've paid their way, but it's time for them to drop off the end now. Now I'm, I'm not going to refresh them. I can't be bothered. I want, to, you know, it's not what I want to do. I don't want to support those books. If they'd have made zillions and zillions and zillions of sales, then then I would do that. But they they don't make zillions and zillions and zillions of sales, so I, I'm, there's no point in me supporting them. I, I'm better off sticking with the fiction and focusing on one thing. Now, will I return to nonfiction again? The answer is um, yes, potentially. I think I'm good at nonfiction. I think I'm good at writing nonfiction, and you never hear me say that about my fiction. You know, you'll always hear me give you lots of if ifs, buts, and maybes about the way I write fiction. In that. I, I'm clearly passable enough, but I don't think I'm, I'm, I, I don't know whether I'm, I, I'm probably passable to good, but I'm certainly not excellent. I'm not great or brilliant. You know, I know, I know that with my fiction. Uh, I'm getting there. I would describe myself as getting there probably with my fiction. Whereas I do think, uh, that my, that my nonfiction is fine. I think it's absolutely fine. So, um, I probably will come back to nonfiction, but I'm not touching nonfiction until I come up with something, uh, a model and a sequence that I have the authority to teach that is evergreen. So I'm not going to have to change it every year. If I do, it's going to be a very light refresh. The problem with the books that I've been doing is they, uh, they, they, they get good feedback because they're very step by step by step. They've got loads of screenshots in them and it's the screenshots that make them a pain, not the text, the screenshots and the, and the making everything fit nicely on a page and all of that sort of nonsense. So that, that's, I'm not doing that anymore. So if I, I would very much return to nonfiction, but I don't have, uh, an idea of a co- you have a concept. I don't have a concept for nonfiction at the moment, but when I do have a nonfiction concept, it's going to have to be um, evergreen. So a really good example of that is the books that Chris Fox has done. They're nonfiction. They're not particularly long. Uh, they're probably very easy for him to write. I bet he writes them extremely fast. Um, the concepts don't change. You write it once, it's going to last for a couple of years before it needs updating. 
and uh, they sell really well because there's a hungry audience for them. So the kind of book I want to write is the kind of book that Chris Fox is writing, but Chris Fox has already written those. So I'm kind of, I'm receptive of my, my antennae are up. Um, I'm looking for what I might write in nonfiction. Um, but I also need the authority to write it. The reason that I wrote those other books is that I've been doing internet marketing stuff for years. I felt like I had the authority to speak with complete confidence about those topics. I'm, I could not, you know, I, in, in these diaries, I, I don't set myself up as, as an expert. I, I, I set myself up as a, you know, a bungling fool who's just trying to learn stuff and I take you on the journey with me. You know, I'm not an expert. I'm definitely not an expert uh, and would never set myself up to be one. I'm not a craft expert in fiction uh, and I'm not a marketing expert either. So I can't set myself up as an expert. I might know more than you if you're just starting. You know, clearly I've got air miles, but I'm not an expert and I don't want to set myself up as an expert. Um, so that, so I'm a bit sort of struggling with that because I was confident to write those books on the, the geeky topics, but I, I haven't quite worked out what the thing's going to be in terms of writing um you know a non-fiction book so that's on the pending part and, and frankly i'm in no rush to do it my my pain spot at the moment is that that i i really want to tackle this issue of of getting to sell all of my books including the, the back catalog that there's you've heard me say this before there's no point me i know that i'm good at production i can get the books out there so i'm a good producer but I, I need to crack the, the sales side of this. Otherwise, I'm just going to be a great producer with loads of books and not enough sales to sustain me. And that's really why I'm taking this time out to market at the moment. I really want to focus on this. At the same time, by the way, I'm focusing on craft. So I'm, I'm reading Chris Fox's Plot Gardening at the moment. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm immersing myself in craft stuff as well, so that when I do write the next book, Hopefully, my writing craft will have improved when I do that in 2019. Um, and I'm, I'm learning loads of great stuff about um, plotting there uh, without overplotting. I get some great ideas from uh, Chris, Chris's book, Plot Gardening, about how to plot the kind of way I like to plot without having half written the story before you start writing. It, it's it's plotting key points and uh, character traits. I'm, re I'm really liking it. So I, I know this is going to change the way that I write my next book and I'm pretty sure it's going to improve it as well. So this is where I'm immersed at the moment. Now, the other thing is, is you'll know that I'm very keen to wind my corporate training down. Now, I do two things in the corporate work. Again, if you listen closely to these podcasts, you know that I've just got a tender, which is uh, potentially for for work for, what is it, uh, four years, I think it is, three or four years. Um, and obviously that's very valuable to me because it allows me lots of flexibility. And um, that, that work is client work, one-to-one -one client work. Now, I really enjoy the one-to-one -one client work. Um, because I was doing, I did a session on Tuesday. I was working with a lady, a local business. I, I, number one, I love working with local businesses. I was working with a local lady who um, had created a new website and I was just talking to her about uh, what were we doing. I was talking about um, what the website needed. We were talking about MailChimp, marketing. I was just introducing her to some very basic Facebook marketing, just doing you know all the, all the kind of stuff that I, I do every day. And the amount of value that you can add to somebody like that is just immense. I love working one-to-one -one with businesses when they haven't got a clue about this stuff. And you can just give immense value in a two-hour one-to-one session. And um, again, I don't find the clients. I don't like 
kind of doing the customer dealing stuff. Um, the way that the, the contract works is I, I get an email. Can you do two hours with somebody on whatever it is, you know, Wix or WordPress, whatever it is. And then I schedule it in with them and I go up, do the work, invoice, uh, invoice through the contract and the money arrives regular as clockwork. And, and that's how I kind of like to, to work. I don't like chasing customers, all this nonsense. All that's taken care of for me. So um, that, that that's why I particularly like this. So I'm really enjoying the one-to-one work, but I want to do much less of the, the corporate work where I'm standing up training for a day. Now, having said that, um, I have done some training, some corporate training around Gutenberg. So I did a podcast episode I did a webinar. This is not stuff that uh, you can access, I'm afraid. It's part of my kind of day job work that I do for local businesses. So it's not stuff I can shift. If you go looking for it, you could find it. But, it, we, you know, we want a Cumbrian audience. This is not for an international audience. So um, because it, it brings funding in. Uh, so I, I, I'm not going to promote it widely, even though it would be of immense value to people. It is for Cumbrian businesses. Um, so I am winding down the corporate um, training stuff, but I have taken on three training days around Gutenberg. So I'm doing, I am doing an extra three training days. But um, what I've done with those, and this, this is what I was saying, this is when I realized actually that I, because of the income I've had from BookBub, I don't need to charge for those training days. I don't need them income wise to meet my income goals. Clearly, you always want extra money, but I don't need, need those training days to meet my income goals because the BookBubs have taken care of that. So what I've done is I've done a trade for three days off. Now that really suits me because um, that allows me, that means that my uh, three weeks in Spain is taken care of entirely with the rest of this year's leave. And, um, you know, I don't have to eat into next year's leave. And uh, I've also given me a couple of days off to see uh, children. We're going to see a concert in Newcastle and I was going to have to jump on an early train to get back. So I didn't have to take a day off, taken half a day off for that. So it's, it's really kind of allowed me to just jiggle my calendar to my personal advantage so I can have some nice days out in between now and Christmas and it takes care of of Spain as well it means I can take three weeks off it's all on bank holidays and leave now when you only work three days a week you don't really need leave the way I use leave is like I, I took a day off to do the Amazon event so it was a work it was a working day in my business it just wasn't a working day on salary so I tend to use my leave days um to, to allow me to do things that I'm doing in my business they tend not to be holidays um I did take actually I did take well I took five days holidays uh in March didn't I when I went to Scotland with my um my middle child uh we went for a uh, a week away in Scotland uh, so that that was leave but I everything else has been work related because when you work three days a week you don't need leave in the way that you do when you work five days a week you know you're tired you've only got your weekends uh three days a week doesn't wear you out I have to, I have to tell you by the way <laughs> You know, it's something to aspire to. I love working three days. I wish I'd worked three days a week for my old working life because it doesn't grind you down at all. Not like working five days a week is. And I go in the office and people have got colds and things like that. And I think, you know, the reason you've got those colds is because you're so worn down because you work five days a week. Um, so although I kind of work seven days a week, uh, you'll know this because as authors running our own businesses, we work, I never don't work, but it means I can organize the time the way I want to. So the work still gets done, but the difference is, 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 is like this morning, my wife was, um, my wife leaves the house at 10. Uh, we don't have to get up to a little bit later. So we have a yak and a cup of tea in bed. And then we have a nice slow breakfast together, which is very sociable. And my wife leaves the house at uh, 9.40. I'm not writing today, which is great. Um, so it's just a lovely relaxed start to the day. And it's those ebbs and flows, you know, those pace changes. 
that's what I think you know stops you from getting ground down by it. Whereas if you're in five days a week and it's you know same old thing and you've got all the corporate politics and things, it, it does grind you down. But when uh, three days is is a lovely amount to work, it really is. So um, so although I will be working seven days this week, I've done three days of kind of corporate stuff. So that's a very long way round of explaining my leave to you. So I've taken off. Uh, I'm doing three training sessions, but I'm doing them not for cash, but I'm doing them in exchange for leave. And that really um, is a huge benefit to me personally, because that's all going on fun stuff. It just helps me to arrange my diary the way that I want to arrange it. So I've got those three Gutenberg training days. They're going to all be delivered between now and the 19th of November before Gutenberg actually uh, happens. So um, last thing I got to tell you about this week is uh, a book fuddle promo. So I'm in the sci-fi and fantasy mega promo this week, which is being run through BookFunnel. And this has given me 132 new signups this week, which I think is pretty good. It's only been running since uh, Monday. Now, uh, I was looking at the, the stats and uh, the Dean, I think it is, the guy who runs these, is really uh, sort of accomplished and very busy running giveaways in all sorts of genres. He's, he's very good at this and he, he runs a good giveaway. And, 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 and by saying running a good giveaway, he kind of keeps it tight. He keeps nonsense out. He gets, he gets good contributors to these giveaways. Um, my, my book funnel interface says 40 claims. Um, but I've got 132 new signups and I'm not doing anything else this week. So I'm not quite sure where they came from. Um, but I do see that he has a separate page as well. So. I'm not quite sure where that comes from. I can only assume that because he has a separate page, I get 132 signups and 40 have gone through the book funnel website and the rest, the remainder, 90, whatever it is, they've come directly from the web page. I think, I think that's right. But anyhow, I've had 132 new signups this week and Dean's promo is the only thing I'm doing. That finishes, uh, when does it finish? I think it finishes on Saturday, uh, no, Sunday. And then I start a new thriller giveaway as well another quality thriller giveaway so with no guys with six packs on it so um i'm continuing to build my mailing list as well um and again controversially um you know i said to you i'm 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 completely winding down the internet marketing work that i've done now clearly there is an overlap with what i do as a self-publisher but i think that um i was looking at my paulteague.com blog the other day because I had to take the email sign-up off, because the email sign-up was a free PDF copy of my WordPress book. And clearly, I can't give away... I've got... I have no non-fiction books now to give away as a lead to capture. And I was thinking, you know, you know, either this... I, I don't really enjoy blogging. I prefer podcasting, to be honest with you. I, I do the occasional blog post, um, but that's all it's ever going to be. I ain't going to be a regular blogger. This is this is the medium for me. And um, I was just thinking, you know, could paulteague.com come down now? I know I've, I've got some pretty well-trafficked articles in there. The ones that I do write occasionally um, do do very well because they're targeted at an indie author audience. But I just thought, you know, really what I need to do now is stop doing solely internet marketing stuff. If I do marketing stuff, if I tell you how to do make a WordPress site or I talk to you about marketing, it needs now, I think, to be framed as self-publishing an author business, not internet marketing anymore. So um, I'm, I'm going to ditch the internet marketing tag it's going to be about sort of self-publishing and marketing now so you know there is a there is a difference there is I don't want to attract 
internet marketers and I'm not going to service internet marketers in any way because I still have a mailer light list for internet marketers there's no point I'm not doing anything in internet marketing now I'm not flogging anything I don't you know that's just a distraction so this is another thing that's just going to drop off the end and so pretty well I'm going to have my fiction mailing list so thrillers and sci-fi and I'm going to have uh, the sort of person who would listen to this podcast and then connect with me, not because they're interested in my books, but because they're interested in what I'm doing as an author and marketing. And that's going to be my other list. I think that's pretty well going to be it. And I have, I have a separate one for cryptos, but we haven't really done much with that yet. Uh, but as an author, really, uh, fiction, I'm going to have um, sci-fi, I'm going to have thrillers, and then I'm going to have self-publishing. I think that's really going to be the kind of three tiers of my list because otherwise it just gets really confused. I don't want internet marketers anymore. You know, I'm, I'm jettisoning that more and more. So uh, just a realization this week, and then I look at that paulteague.com. So to be honest, there's probably not a lot of point taking it down. I think the question is, do I add new content there or not? Um, that, that'll be the decision I have to make. The A lot of the content there is evergreen. And, um, you know, can probably sit there for a while. But I guess, like, just like those books I've taken down, at some point I'll look at it and say, do you know what? It's probably time to knock this on the head now because I'm not supporting it. I'm not doing any significant new content on it. Really, I've moved over to, to the podcast now. That's my outlet. So, so we'll see. We'll see. I mean, the other thing I had thought about was that I could just move it all over to self-publishing journeys and move the articles over. But paulteague.com has been around for years now. It was the first blog I ever did. And it's really um, well established in the search engines. And it's got a couple of nice posts there. So for instance, the I constantly make sales. By constantly, I don't mean every five minutes, but you know, um, regularly make sales through my Vellum on a PC article. So if you if you go into Google now, and just type vellum pc and you'll see that my article comes up there and my video comes up i think as well and you'll see that depending on what what um series of keywords you put in um you'll you'll see that often i'm top even above vellum and keyboards um it does depend what you put if you put vellum on a pc um i think i'll come top of of everybody um but I, i've still got some keyworded posts like that and what what happens is because that's so well keyworded people who are trying to use vellum and see if they could use it on a pc they find my post they look at my post which actually tells you how to do it for free but if you need some new help there so it's a, it's a great value post and, but if you need a little bit more help with that i then charge you 18 dollars for a course and i have you know a constant drip 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 of people buying that course and the only way they're finding that is through my youtube video and through that that blog post so um you know it serves the business well um in that i get a payout from teachable every month which is fab thank you very much and um so I'd be a bit daft to knock that on the head at the moment. And I do get affiliate income from that site. So it's kind of, its future is, is uncertain. Um, but I, I, I burn it, I, I guess, at my peril because it's so well established in the search engine. But I, I'm, if I put anything on there now, it's good to be related to self-publishing, not straight internet marketing. I, I'm done with internet marketing now, uh, as, as much as I can be. Okay. We're nearly done, uh, on Twitter this week. Uh, thank you to Edwin Downward. Uh, who I'm really pleased to say I have finally booked as a guest on the podcast. Now, Edwin, some of you will know Edwin um, through the Twitter channel. Uh, Edwin's been a, a long-term listener to this show and has also moved over to the crypto show. Um, and he's one of those great listeners who is really actively involved. You know, and you, you, you get to chat and Edwin shares pictures and comments and things like that. So, you know, Edwin's one of those great listeners that you really want to have. And I, I've, I've mentioned it to Edwin a couple of times about coming on the podcast and I'm delighted that we've now got a date. 
You're booked in, Edwin. Don't do a runner on me. All right, it's all of the schedule, and we're going to get Edwin on the podcast, which I'm really looking forward to. So, um, but Edwin sent me a lovely picture actually, um, and I do love these pictures from, from wherever you are, you know, around the country and around the world. It's just lovely to see where people are. Um, but uh, I've put it on the on the show notes for this week. But it's a lovely kind of water's edge image. I don't know what that is. It looks like some exhibition centre or. Uh, shopping centre or something like that right at the water's edge but it looks fabulous so thank you very much for sharing that Edwin appreciate that uh, a reminder that if you get value from this podcast and if you want to support it and you know help it to continue then you can uh, find loads of uh, information and interview extras over at patreon.com forward slash Paul Teague and we've got a great guest for you on Monday um, well, I'm talking to Jonathan de Montfort. Now, Jonathan is a first-time author who's releasing his book, Turner, and it, he actually releases it. I, I This is talk about fortuitous. The book is actually released on the day that the interview goes out, which is fantastic. But um, Jonathan is, is interesting for two reasons. He's interesting because he's a brand-new author. And most of us who self-publish, we, we list on Draft the Digital, but what Jonathan's done um, is he's started his own company, uh, not only to publish his books, but to because he went through the the process of looking at agents and things and thinking this is going to take forever. And so he's just set up a whole company. That, uh, and the company is called De Montfort Literature. The whole point of this company is to take uh, authors, um, t- I think it's about 10 initially, and to pay them a salary to write, a salary of £24,000 to be a writer, and then to have editing teams and marketing teams, and then to support those authors, get the books out there and sell them. Now, I've been really interested in this since the day I heard about it, but there's also been a lot, an awful lot of um, sort of negative comments about this as well. The Alliance of Independent Authors have done a, um, a post about it as well. And there's another author who I don't know, but has also done a review. And I just thought, well, look, I think this model is really, really interesting. And, um, you know, Jonathan's really interested because he's also, not only has he put his money where his mouth is, he's written a book. He's a first time author. So there's loads of good reasons to talk to him. So I, I thought, right, let's get, get Jonathan onto the podcast. And what I'm really surprised at, you know, I have to say, whatever your view of this is, what I'm really surprised at is that, um, nobody's actually got him on to just talk to him and ask him about it like I did. Um, so people have written reviews of the business before it's even been created and they haven't even, talk to him about it directly and done a podcast like I have so as far as I know I'm the only person who has talked to him number one about his writing journey which is what we do on this podcast but number two the second part of the interview is all about De Montfort literature and, and just finding out what it's about and and getting some feedback about some of the criticisms you know people have had about it so I think it's uh, I think it's a really interesting model I and having spoken to Jonathan I was even more interested in it uh, I think it's very very uh, disruptive um, and I think it's very, very welcome. You know, I've spoken to authors who are traditionally published. Do you remember that author I mentioned to you uh, several weeks ago who'd made £10 in two years? Okay, that's a broken model, people. That is a broken model. And then also, I know the other side of it because I'm trying to make a living as a indie author and I have to do everything, absolutely everything. So I can absolutely see the attraction of this model. So we're going to delve into that in the podcast episode on Monday. I highly recommend you have a listen to it because it's very, very uh, interesting. But also if you've read those criticisms, um, it, I think it's fairly good to just hear from the man himself, um, you know, what, what the plans are and to also tackle some of the criticisms and concerns that people have had about it. So really interesting interview coming up on Monday. I mean, they all are for different reasons, but um, do clock this one. It's coming up next Monday. It's going to be, what episode is it? Episode 124 
of the Self-Publishing Journeys podcast. That's going to be Monday, the 22nd of October, 2018. And I will have another diary update for you next Saturday. In the meantime, I hope you have a fabulous week of writing. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.